Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. All right, welcome back. This is the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. I'm Kelly Roach, and I have with me the amazing Jason Harris. Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. So excited to have you here. And uh, we were having some great pre-session chat and I was like, no, we got to stop talking. I want to get the, I want to get the recording done. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. We have a lot to talk about. I think, you know, the work that you're doing and, and obviously I'll have you share all about, you know, your work, your company, everything, but sure. the work that you're doing with reframing persuasion is so powerful and so important because I think just like sales persuasion, like kind of got a bad rap. And the way that you teach it is all about really uncovering the best elements of humanity, right? Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that's the title for the book. The tension is really in persuasion and then putting soulful in that title. And that sort of leads the, my, my whole philosophy, which is that, that persuasion, whether we like it or not, because it is a bit of a mixed bag mm -hmm. word, uh, we're persuading every moment of every day, right? Yes. We're, we're persuading, you're persuading guests to come on your show. You're persuading yeah. your husband to go on the vacation you want or to yeah. move, move to a different part of the country. Uh, we're, you know, you're persuading your, your boss to give you a promotion or if for a lot of your listeners, they're persuading their team to follow their lead and rally behind the direction of the company. And so all these sort of, moments both macro and micro persuasion it's really what happens in the business world and in, in your personal life and so uh realizing that and trying to take the power or the dirtiness the grittiness of persuasion which is often looked at as sort of fooling or tricking or trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes and looking at it as admitting okay we're we're persuasive creatures this is how we operate how do we do that in the best most most authentic and and truthful way and that was really the the sort of thesis for the concept of the book i love it it's so it's so powerful and it's so important and i know you talk about these 11 habits and i want to i want to get into that in just a second but i think for everyone listening a lot of times as leaders our job is to persuade people to do the things that are in their own best interest that they wouldn't have done otherwise right and yeah, so that's sure. the thing that's so powerful about what you're saying is as leaders, we are influencers. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about leading at home, right, with our family, leading in the office with our team, leading in the market when we're communicating with the people that we want to transition into becoming our best customers. Whatever it is, it's all leadership and, and leadership relies so heavily on persuasion. And so I love that you're reframing people's perception of that and helping them to better understand what it really is. Yeah, that's right. And to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to be a successful leader. Yes. You know, there's there's no way around that. You, you, you can't be sort of a, to be an unstoppable entrepreneur, yes. you need to get people both internally and externally to follow you. 
It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. So I want to dig into the 11 habits and some of what you are highlighting in the book for sure. But I, I want to first give people a little bit of a broader understanding of like the scale of your success, what you're doing with the agency, a little bit of your entrepreneurial background. So can you just kind of give everybody the 30 second like, you know, yeah, right? like who yeah. I am, who yeah. I am, my yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. So I, I run a I run an advertising independent creative advertising agency. We're about 200 people. We have offices when offices mattered in uh, New York, San Francisco, Seattle, and Chicago. And we work on, we, we develop uh, and, and lead brand stories. So Peloton, for example, is a client that we started with five years ago before it was, you know. Before it was Peloton. Before it was Peloton <laughs> and yeah. just, just came out as the second most relevant brand behind Apple when we when, when they came to us and we started working with them, it was, hmm, who's going to buy a $3,000 bike? Mm -hmm. Is that going to work? And really figuring out through storytelling how to build that brand uh, into what the brands become. We work with a great brand like Ben & Jerry's that champions social causes. Uh, we work on Charles Schwab, Alaska Airlines, Jose Cuervo. We have about 30, 30 brands. Typically, we work on you know, big blue chip brands that people would have heard heard of. And we tend to work with brands that are either uh, nascent and need to be famous fast. So we have to persuade customers uh, to buy a Peloton. Or when we started working with Method cleaning products, they were only sold at Target and no one had heard of them. Mm -hmm. um, or we work with big brands like a Jose Cuervo that is looking to become more relevant and they're established but they need they need an injection of relevancy so those are the two types of brands we we typically work with and our relationships with them are are fairly long i got into advertising um i'm like 22 years in now when i was a kid i knew i wanted to go into advertising so i was a bit of an anomaly in that regard and so i knew i had that entrepreneurial dna like everyone in your audience Mm -hmm. And so I knew I was going to start something at some point, but I look because I knew the career path I wanted to go on in my journey. I worked at a lot of different places to learn uh, good leadership skills and bad leadership skills, so I could get that under my belt yeah. to start to start something. So yeah. that's that's uh, the synopsis of my journey. And then uh, I did the book. Um, uh, it took me about three years to write the book, and I realized we talked about persuasion that the way I was building my network and my business and the way I looked at entrepreneurship was different than a lot of the business books I was reading, which mm -hmm. seemed to be transactional and about selling techniques or shortcuts or quick fixes. And I realized, well, that's not really how I feel like the best way to do it is. So I felt like I had something to say. So that's, that yeah. was the, the idea behind the book. That's incredible. And I, I love that. So I can only imagine that when you're taking one of these brands through this process, it's a multi-year yeah, journey. You know, journey, right? But can you share what some of the phases are that you take people through when they come to you and they say, okay, you know, we want to become a household name. You know, we're at, you know, we're at the hundred million dollar mark. We want to go to the billion dollar mark or what, you know, whatever that looks like. But, you know, can you share some of the steps of kind of yeah. what that looks like? Sure. So we have a pretty rich um, strategy department 
And we, it always starts with insights and research. And so we always will find out, you know, the awareness level of the brand, where the brand sits, whether they're well-known or not well-known. Yeah. And, and, and that's sort of the, the impetus of looking at the, the marketplace, looking at the competitors, looking, you know, looking at the category, looking at what the core of that company is, what makes that brand tick mm -hmm. during research. Then we step away and we come up with some thesis or strategic hypothesis. Mm -hmm. we, then, we then test those, see what rises to the top and what will resonate, bring that back to the client, sort of have a direction in mind. Then we do creative ideation off of, off of that process. And then, you know, from there, we hopefully land on something that we can stick with for many years. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the marketplace changes and you have to pivot. Right. Um, but the, be the best brands are, are, have a simple proposition that's ownable and they're really consistent with that proposition. And when you're consistent, the customer knows what to expect and they want you to stand for that thing over time. And that's how you really, you know, build brand love. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I'm very happy to have you use the word consistent because yeah. and, and it's why I started the conversation by saying I, I would guess that this is a multi-year process, right? Because consistency and multi-year process are not the language of the online world today, are they? <laughs> no, they're definitely not. And, and, and it's it's true. And we'll often, um, you know, uh, chief marketing officers I think their life expectancy at a company is is under under three years. So it's two years and some change. And so when a new CMO comes in and, you know, for for your, um, you know, your small business entrepreneurs, when they get sort of maybe their second in command that comes in at the company, they immediately want to change everything. Right. They immediately want to put their stamp on it. And that's uh, often very dangerous. You know, that's often oh, yeah. very, very dangerous because um, you want to um, unearth what's working and maybe right. expand the story, but you don't want to change the story. And yeah. on brands that do that, they're always changing their story every two and a half years. They're very hard to follow and they're very hard to build a community out of. Yeah, I, I see that for sure. When you think about helping a brand to convey its story to the market and then make the market be a part of that story. What are some of the things that you think about? Like when you think about some of the brands that have had the most success working with your agency, like tell me a little bit about that story creation, that story communication. What, what does that look like? Yeah, well, it usually has a, a few different parts to it, but it certainly has, um, you know, there's usually uh, a heritage component of the company, you know, the origin story, why it exists. It could be uh, founder led. It could be um, uh, that there was a, a need for the product in the marketplace. It could be there was a way to do something better, but it always has sort of an origin story that's that's there. And then you look at a, a few other parts. Um, what's what is the purpose of the brand beyond that story? Why does it exist in the world? What is it doing to make the world a better place? Um, and that can be a byproduct of how they make the product. It can be yeah. some 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 purpose driven uh, initiative that they feel is right for them because of the the audience or the community. 
but it usually has those parts like that origin story and then this other purpose-driven part that's making the world uh, better in some way. Um, and that it's usually uh, sort of combining those two storylines. Yeah. And then, and then as you storytell over time, you don't have to change your story. You have to think of fresh ways to tell it. Yes. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And especially now, I, I think more than ever, people want to buy from brands that they feel represent their values or how they perceive themselves in the world or causes that they think are important or, you know, decisions that they think are in alignment with who they believe themselves to be. And so having that origin story and having that purpose behind what you're doing is part of what people I feel like are evaluating when they're deciding who they do business with. Yeah, yeah you're totally right. There is a study that recently came out from the four A's, which is the governing advertising federation, basically. And it said they, they interviewed thousands of, of consumers and the study showed that 96% of consumers uh, hate advertising. You know, they don't like advertising. You can think about yourself as a consumer. And if you sit down to watch ads or when you're watch, trying to watch a video online, the thing that pops up, you're not into it, right? But conversely, 90% of consumers uh, love brands. And so you can build, if you don't think about it as advertising your product or service, but you think about it as building a great brand, that's sort of a mental shift that can really help um, with, with storytelling in ways that do, don't feel like advertising because it's more than benefits and pricing. It has to be a bigger, bigger thing that you're going to because the consumer loves a great brand and a great story even if they hate advertising. Yeah, so true, so, so true. So when when your agency is looking with people, and then I wanna make sure we have time to talk about the book as well. I have one more yeah, sure, sure. The, the agency before we move on. Uh, when you are working with these businesses, are you guys working with them across all channels? Like you're, you're hitting their audience all different platforms, all different ways, all different type of advertising? Do you have a couple tenants that your agency is really focused on that you do with everyone? Like, tell me a little bit about your approach from that standpoint and kind of what you see as being the major focal points for advertising in 2021. Yeah, that's that's great. So, you know, we have, um, we can do completely full service, everything on every platform, buy the media, sell the media, make make a make an ad, produce an ad, put the ad out there, um, you know, manage the social uh, channels. We can we can really do everything from soup to nuts. Um, we have a performance group that does measurement and analytics of the work we put out there. Um, that said, uh, we work with with brands in you know one two or three are part of those those functions but what our what our specialty is is really that strategic rigor up front and then defining what the brand's going to be when it grows up or if it's grown up what it's going to become and that is our that's that's the value we really bring that's the real magic and i think um, when you think of the future in 2021 of brands um, that is that is one one piece that is going it's evergreen you know you you yeah. need to have that no matter if you're on you know clubhouse or snapchat or 
TikTok or wherever your brand might find itself, that piece is, is the most important piece. Um, and the rest are sort of channels and outlets to tell your story. But I think uh, brands and storytelling um, in 2021 with the proliferation of, of, of so many platforms, it's important uh, to really think about community and community to me, you know, story and community, if you have those two, everything else will fall into place. And building community can be done on multiple channels in multiple yes. ways, uh, but you have to really um, build the community first and then continue to have a dialogue with that community and put the community first. Um, so that's that that sort of transcends yeah. you know, how 2021 might change. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I agree. And and getting that community to pass your story on, right? Because that's that's a big thing is like none of us can do it alone. And advertising helps. But then if you have raving fans that take your story and help you to do that, it makes life a lot, lot easier. I, well, I, I think, Kelly, that's such a good insight. I, I call that's that's to me is uh, involvement marketing. And when you, yes. can, when you can come up with a story that other people can tell in their own words, that's when you have something really powerful because then you're, you know, you, you've got your story down, you've built a community, and then you give your community tools to tell your story in their words. And that's when they're working double time for you. And I think especially in the small business world, that's critically important because you're not going to have massive media dollars to flood the airwaves with your message. So mm -hmm. you need to think about tools and ways to do involvement marketing where your community becomes your megaphone. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I could, we could do a whole show just on that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That, Jason. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to, to riff on that for a while with you, but I do want to make time for the book. So, okay. Yeah. So you have this incredible book coming out. You're breaking down these 11 things. You're really helping people understand how the, the true and effective persuasion is really coming from, the best parts of humanity, right? Which yeah. in, in many instances, people either use the, the, the bad parts or they misunderstand it. Yeah. So do you wanna break down for our listeners, like maybe just a couple, like a couple tidbits, and then obviously we'll, we'll tell them where they can get the full thing, um, but a couple tidbits of, you know, kind of sure. what you see. As, as the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Def definitely. Yeah. So, um, the book is based on, there's 11 habits, and the reason why I call them habits is because anyone can practice these, and after you practice them and you focus on them, they do become habitual. So there's not this notion that we were, you know, born a certain way, and, you know, you know maybe somebody isn't a great storyteller, but that could be a right. learned skill, or maybe somebody isn't an empathetic leader but that can be a learned skill as well and so habits is is on purpose to make people realize that that it can be practiced and learned and so the book before the 11 habits there's four overriding principles and the first is original which is really all about being your true self and you know as a leader and an entrepreneur like putting your idiosyncrasies out there and not trying to be something that you're not. And, and that that's the main principle behind original. And then generous is this idea of being a naturally, um, uh, a, na a person that naturally gives things away without expecting anything in return. And that, and that can be 
connections, advice, yeah. uh, time, resources. It doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, gifts, uh, for example, but, but that's another principle. And then the third principle is empathetic, which is about creating a collaborative work environment, seeking out collaborations, making it about, uh, you know, we, we versus me, like really having a team mentality, um, which, for example, that's something I had to learn a, as a core principle uh, to get the most value out of out of my work and what I was doing. And then the fourth is soulful, which is uh, adds that soulful into persuasion, which is really about um, as a leader and a business owner being inspirational and doing something beyond just looking for dollars and cents and profit. But what are you doing in your company that is that is that give back that is is doing something beyond yourself and that by being an inspiration, you will be more influential and your company will be more successful. But you have to really figure out that what that thing is and, and focus on it. So those are the guiding principles. And then I have habits underneath them. And, and you know, maybe for the sake of time, I'll just I'll pull like one or two habits. Yeah. No, that's great. That's awesome. Then we'll we'll let him grab the book. I will be getting it as soon as we get off today. And oh, good. Having I'll, all the team members read I'll, it. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll send you some copies. Don't worry about it. Uh, so you know, one one idea um, that I talk a lot about is um, is never be closing, and and I think that's really important for entrepreneurs. That's one of the habits that I talk about, and we're always trained uh, with the ABCs of always be closing. Mm -hmm. instead of never be closing. And, you know, when I was working in that way, I was finding that the relationships I was building uh, for work were very transactional and they were very binary. It was a yes or a no. And when you mm -hmm. think of, when you think of growing your business in a never be closing mindset, you're thinking of building a network and building relationships and building uh, your future. And if you if someone uh, you can't make a sale or and you spent all this time pitching that idea or that product or service and it didn't land, you you still invested in that relationship. Yes. So maintain that relationship and keep that relationship up. And that will demonstrate uh, a lot about your personality and that you care about things beyond just that immediate gain. And so there's a lot of times I've pitched business and we haven't won. But I kept in touch with that person and I built a relationship and, you know, years down the road, uh, maybe they go to another company and we get that we get that comp we get that brand, we get that person because we've we've invested. So maintain those relationships. Don't have a transactional mindset. And when you have a when, when you make that switch, uh, you know, magic things happen. So that's ne never be closing is one one habit. Um, this idea of. Um, it's not me, it's us is something I really had to learn, but that's, that's another habit. And it's the ability to see things from other people's perspective and truly empathizing with where they're coming from and digging deeper to find out what's behind their point of view. It doesn't mean you're persuading them to agree with your point of view, but it's having the knowledge to understand what, where they're coming from. And I think that idea, and it's a form of empathy uh, really can build great leadership skills. And, and there's a lot of ways you can practice these habits that I have in the book, but that's just uh, a few examples. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. I mean, the stuff you're talking about here, it, it's not only the stuff that 
makes for building a sound business that will actually be sustainable, but it's like being a good leader, being a good teammate, having yeah. people want to stay and work for you during, you know, the long haul, building effective collaborations and partnerships, right? It's like, you know, people think of building this golden Rolodex of people that, you know, can do things for them, but it really what you're saying is building a golden Rolodex of people that you can do things for. And over time, those relationships will materialize and, and grow in all different ways that you can't predict or, or expect. Right. And that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't imagine where that will take you, but having a mindset, which is very counter to being an entrepreneur, but having, yeah. having a mindset of playing the long game and not not trying to uh, have everything be urgent and rushing everything will will serve you really well because you will be collecting this this network over time and when you turn around in a few years the size of your network and the power of your community you can do magical things with but if you're looking to quarter to quarter and only in the short term uh, you know you're going to look back in a few years and you may not have a lot you might have some money but you might not have a lot to build off of. So true. Oh my gosh. And I'm so happy to hear you say long game. We talked about that on the show constantly. And I think every uber successful person that I've brought on this show, we have had that exact conversation. Oh, wow, it's not a single one of us that are like, yes, if we just focus on instant gratification, you know, everything's yeah, gonna everything's gonna fall into place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, absolutely brilliant. So Jason, let's share with people where they can follow your brand and kind of see what you guys are doing online and all of that. And then obviously where can we get a copy of the book, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So uh the the company is mechanism.com, it's with a K because when we started the company, the CH was taken, so we changed our name. So it's M-E-K-A-N-I-S-M. Uh, you can find out more about me and the book at thesoulfulart.com. And, you know, the book's available when bookstores were open. It was there. Uh, there some of them are open now, but, of course, it's on Amazon Perfect. and anywhere books are sold. Awesome. Thesoulfulart.com. That's so right. guys, you can grab your copy of the book. It's going to be linked in the show notes down below. Jason, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance today. It was, it was absolutely awesome having you on the show and just great conversation. Thanks for everything you shared. All right. Thank you so much, Kelly. All right, guys, we'll see you back here next week. Thanks so much for tuning into the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews help us get into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and we'd love to keep climbing. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs to help them grow and scale their businesses online. And thank you so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each week. Here's to our next 600 episodes together.